Welcome to Retirement Unlimited with Randy Barkley. Retirement Unlimited is an informative weekly radio program dedicated to offering factual information and sound advice for those wanting to know more about retirement planning. Proper advice depends on complete analysis of all the facts and circumstances. Information given on this program is in the nature of general financial comment and cannot be relied upon as pertaining to your specific situation. Listeners should consult their own financial advisor or conduct their own due diligence before making any financial decisions. This is to protect your assets. Randy Barkley is a California life insurance agent. California license number 0518567. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated. Tricord Advisors Inc. is a registered investment advisor. Now, here's Randy Barkley. Welcome to Retirement Unlimited, the radio program dedicated to helping you make smart decisions with your money. I'm your guest host, Chris Marsh, and I'm a financial planner with Randy Barkley at Tricord Advisors, located in Riverside. You can find out more about us by visiting our website, www.retirementunlimited.com. I've decided today to divide the radio program into three segments, retirement update, tactical asset management, and news you can use. First segment of the program today is retirement update. And what I'd like to talk about is something that if you have children who are in high school, who are in college, who are just being born even, it's something that you probably at some point have thought about but may not have taken action on. And what I'm talking about is funding your children's college education. Funding for college can be a daunting task and asking someone to sit down and think about it is something that in our practice we have to do a substantial amount of. In some instances, we see clients who start planning even before their children are born, while in other instances, we see individuals who just plan to cover the costs of their children's college education through their regular cash flows, essentially, you know, making tuition payments and all the other expenses that go along with it a part of their monthly or annual expenses. For some of our clients, this is not an issue because they have enough income that they can cover the cost with their cash flows without a substantial dent in their lifestyle. However, more and more, what we find is that clients have not planned for college and with the ever rising cost of college, as some have estimated at an average of five to six percent annually, where, as we know, the cost of or inflation right now is, you know, roughly one percent to two percent, depending on who you talk to. Um, the, the cost of college is growing rapidly and it really, uh, is something that needs to be addressed. This is something that we do extensively in our practice and we do this by building a comprehensive financial plan. Inside the comprehensive financial plan, what we're able to do is look at our client's entire financial picture. We look at what their living expenses are, what their income levels are what their retirement savings is, and we also look at what the total cost of funding their child's education is going to be. From that, we can then derive a plan as to what type of funding makes the most sense, and more importantly, how is it going to be funded? You know, one of the most overlooked aspects of college planning, and also one of the more expensive aspects, of it is actually not just funding the tuition, but funding the expenses that go along with it. And what that means is if your child is going to a college that uh, they are away from home, they're going to need a place to stay. So you have a room and board cost. They're going to need to eat. So at a minimum, they're going to eat in the cafeteria or they're gonna eat in the mess hall or in the, 
you know, food court for the college, uh, they're going to eat there, what, at least three times a day. In addition, there's transportation costs if they're, if they're going away from the school for activities or entertainment. Um, you just have everyday expenses for things that are in addition to food like toiletries and all those things. Uh, so when you add these together, they can attribute an additional at least $15,000 or so to the cost of tuition on an annual basis. So what that means is that if your child goes to a state college, they're paying in-state tuition and on average that cost across the United States is roughly $9,140 and that's to attend a four-year public college uh, on an annual basis. However, what if they want to go outside of the state and let's say go to uh, a state university that's outside of your home state or your residence, you're looking at a cost of almost $24,000 for out-of-state tuition. Uh, what if your, your uh, son or daughter or your student wants to go to a private school? Well, private college, the average is roughly $32,000. All of these numbers are according to uh, the college board. So if your child anticipates going to a private college, living in the dorms, away from home, that pushes the total cost on an annual basis to close to $47,000 per year. If they are fortunate enough to have what it takes to make it into Harvard, for instance, uh, if we talk about one of the, the bigger, uh, more prestigious private colleges in the United States, the cost per year to attend is roughly $60,000. So what are parents to do? The thought of being fortunate enough to have a child who has the ability to make it into Harvard and yet having to cover the costs of roughly $240,000 if they're able to make it through to cover four years of college expenses, I mean, it, that's extremely daunting. So what are, what are parents to do? Well, as I've talked about earlier, uh, one of the things you could do is just pay for it. Uh, we, see, we see parents our grandparents even all over the time who are just using their cash flow. They just pay for college the best they can. And for some that works for others, they find that they make it through a year or maybe two years. And then the, the money starts to become more and more of a draw on their expenses. And they have to start looking at alternative ways to be able to cover that. The main way that I'm going to focus today that we talk to our clients about funding education is with a program or a plan that is called the 529 College Savings Plan. What it is, is it's a savings vehicle that was designed specifically to cover the costs of educational expenses. There are advantages to this type of a plan and there are disadvantages to this type of a plan. So first I'd like to talk about some of the advantages. So the first and really one of the most important, I would say, is the fact that uh, this type of a plan allows for the owner of the 529, that's either you as the parent or uh, the grandparents or whoever owns this plan to contribute money. And when the money is distributed for, you know, approved educational expenses, all of those distributions, including including the earnings and the initial investment inside of the 529, are tax-free. Yes, that is right. There are no taxes that will have to be paid on that money. Sounds pretty great. 
But and another advantage to this type of a plan is that in some states, the state actually allows you as the contributor to that 529 plan to be able to deduct the contributions on your state tax return. Now, as with everything, there are limits as to the amount that can be deducted and it depends on the state that you live in. However, being able to contribute to a 529 plan and deduct those contributions on your state tax return and then as you start paying the money out for qualified educational expenses, you don't have to pay federal or state tax on those distributions themselves. It's a, it's a pretty substantial benefit and one that some of our clients find really appealing. The problem is that not all states allow for these types of deductions on those contributions. And yes, as we are in the great state of California, there are no deductions available for any of the, our California clients. However, for those of our clients and those of you out there who are residents of Arizona, Arizona allows for a contribution made to an Arizona state plan or any state's plan that is not in Arizona. Those contributions can be deducted, deducted up to $2,000 for an individual or $4,000 for a married couple filing jointly. Now, if you're fortunate enough to be a resident of Nevada, you already know that you don't pay any state taxes. Therefore, there is no state deduction. However, those in Oregon, in Oregon can deduct for contributions made to the Oregon plan uh, only up to twenty-three, or I'm sorry, two thousand three hundred and ten dollars for an individual, or forty-six twenty for a married couple filing jointly. So we've talked about some of the advantages to this 529 plan, and they're, they are significant. Let's talk about some of the downsides uh, to the 529 plan. Uh, one of the main downsides is that if all of the contributions made to the 529 are not used for college expenses, it is, it's punitive to try and pull those funds back to the owner of that plan. Uh, what that means is you're gonna pay uh, not only the tax on the gains that you've made, but you're also going to have to pay uh, some additional taxes in order to be able to pull the money back out of that plan. Again, it's intended for educational use only. So it's very important and part of our planning process that we go through to really make sure that we don't overfund the 529 plan. It's better to be slightly under so that you utilize all of it for those qualified educational expenses, but not overfund it so that you have excess money left over. Now, one of the benefits that you do have is, or I'm sorry, one of the disadvantages to this plan, again, is that you can only have one beneficiary for the plan at any one given time. That means that if you have multiple children and let's say they're only one year apart, you have to open two separate plans, one for each of your children. You can't have one plan that covers both of your children and have disbursements from that plan to each of them. It's just not possible. As I stated earlier, the easiest way to be able to put the total cost of education in perspective, including those fees as well as books, 
and additional expenses and everything else that goes along with your child's education is by doing a comprehensive financial plan. Is it, And this is something that we can talk about if you give us a call at our office. The phone number is 951-684-7011 or you can visit us at our website www.retirementunlimited.com and remember the first appointment is always free. Coming up next, we're going to talk about tactical asset management. You know, retirement is supposed to be a secure time. Are you secure? Do you and your loved ones have the information needed to make the right decisions about retirement? You need counsel, not another salesperson, an advisor that looks out for your interest more than theirs. This is Dennis Prager, and I'd like you to call Randy Barkley, a certified financial planner who's been serving the Inland Empire for over 26 years. He's a retirement specialist who works for you on all the important and often confusing things that determine how comfortable you are in retirement. Call Randy Barkley for a free consultation and learn for yourself what I've learned. He can be trusted. Randy Barkley, 888-627-8371, 888-627-8371. Or visit me, Randy Barkley, at retirementunlimited.com. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back. Now I'd like to talk about tactical asset management. And in this section of the program, I'd like to discuss is a common uh, investment theme for this year, which has been investing in dividend paying assets or stocks. One of the major reasons why investors are seeking out these high paying uh, or higher paying dividend investments is that they need to provide income into their portfolio to help fund their retirement. And yet, uh, if they were to invest in what is typically known as the safest segment and invest uh, in purchasing like a 10-year U.S. Treasury bond, the average yield or amount of income that they're going to generate from those bonds is roughly, you know, the 10 years at 1.6% or so. Um, and if you look at what the average dividend yield on the S&P 500 is right now, you're receiving somewhere over 2%. What these investments are providing you is not only the ability to receive some appreciable gain in, or capital gain in the price of the stock, but is also allowing you to be able to receive dividend yields. And, and this totals or the, the, the sum of, of those two parts is going to give you your total return. And this is an important part of most investors' portfolio and especially those who are in retirement and need that income that that's provided in order to help you know, fund their retirement or sub supplement that funding of their retirement. Dividend paying stocks have provided substantial boost to the overall uh, or total return to the S&P 500 over the history of the U.S. markets and they provide roughly, uh, it's been estimated 40 to 50% of the total return of the market. There are some pitfalls though to investing in dividend paying stocks and that's what I'd like to discuss today. I've I've come up with basically six pitfalls that should make you cautious uh, or at least you should consider on when you choose an investment solely based on its dividend. Uh, first pitfall that I see is not paying attention to the valuation of the stocks. Uh, what we've seen is over the course of this year, again, as I stated earlier, there has been a, a major flow into dividend paying types of assets and 
that's driven the cost of those assets up. So a stock that's got a really good dividend yield can signal that it's a good stock to buy. And for those who are simply searching for dividend or income, it's not really a concern because the daily, weekly, monthly, yearly fluctuation in the price of the stock, um, it doesn't matter to them because all they care about is that income. But for, for most people, that's not the case. They're seeking total return. They want the capital gain as well as the dividends coming in. And so by the price of these uh, dividend paying stocks being driven up over the course of this year, what we're seeing is that if you're still chasing that dividend to try and get some total return, uh, you may be buying at a high point and it, it could potentially hurt your, portfol your portfolio and the drop in the asset price could negate any uh, yield that you're going to get. So that's the first thing to look out for. Uh, the second pitfall, pitfall that I see is um, not emphasizing low cost in basically uh, your selection of managed products. So you may be asking yourself, what is a managed product and what exactly am I talking about by emphasizing low costs? And what I'm referring to here are those investors who purchase either mutual funds or exchange traded funds where that fund or that uh, asset is focused on providing a dividend. However, there are internal costs inside of a mutual fund or inside of a, an exchange traded fund that can make them uh, more expensive. So the expense ratio to pay for the person who's selecting the different dividends and selecting these different things, uh, it can cause you to, again, negate any of the excess return you're receiving from those high dividends. So that's another thing to be cognizant of or to be looking for. The third is not paying sufficient attention to tax treatment. What do I mean by that? Well, if you're investing in dividend paying assets inside of your uh, IRA or your 401k or your tax, uh, you know, tax efficient type of accounts, your tax sheltered accounts, you're not paying taxes on those assets or that that dividend uh, on an annual basis. You're paying once you take the money out. However, those who are investing in dividend paying stocks inside of a taxable account, meaning that you pay tax on it on an annual basis when you sell it, or in this instance, when you start buying dividend paying stocks, uh, you will then have to pay uh, for the dividends that you receive. Now, most of the dividends that are distributed are, are what we call qualified dividends, which means that they receive preferential treatment and they're taxed at essentially the same rate as the capital gains rate, the long-term capital gains rate. However, there are some non-qualified dividends that you can receive from investments like uh, REITs uh, or real estate investment trusts that are non-qualified, meaning that they are thus uh, income that you receive from them, you have to pay cap, uh, not capital gains long-term rate, but ordinary income rate. So again, that's something that you need to consult your tax professional about, figure out if it's the right place for you to be investing. Uh, the third factor uh, or third pitfall that I see is foreign tax considerations. Uh, if you're investing in 
emerging market debt or emerging market uh, types of assets that provide a dividend, there are foreign tax considerations to, to uh, consider. And inside of your taxable account, you can receive credit, some tax credit for paying for, for the amount of tax that you've paid to those foreign uh, companies. However, inside of your non-tax, I'm sorry, your, your uh, qualified accounts like your IRA or 401k, um, you don't get to take those same credits. So you're paying the tax, but you don't get the credit back. So that's something to consider. Uh, using dividend stocks uh, to supplement bonds is the fifth thing. And as interest rates uh, have risen, what we see is that um, people are moving out of the safer type of assets into these bonds, out of bonds and into uh, these stocks, which when the market starts to go down is going to pull your total return down on a more substantial basis. Uh, the sixth thing that uh, that I want to talk about or the sixth pitfall is under underestimating the sensitivity of the the stocks to interest rate changes. So as interest rates start to normalize in bonds, what we're going to find is that uh, there's going to be a flow back into those types of assets as, as people want the safety that bonds provide while not having the volatility that the equity markets provide. And in doing so, they're going to uh, you're going to see that the overall return of those stocks is going to be negated. So obviously there are many, many different things that we need to uh, assess in your portfolio. And if you'd like our help with that, please give us a call. Phone number is 951-684-7011. Remember the first meeting is always free. Up next, news you can use. Hi, this is Hugh Hewitt. Hey, if you're retired or approaching retirement, listen up. Retirement planning is critical to your financial health. And like choosing the right doctor, your financial planner must be able to understand your concerns, help you navigate through your retirement, which can be filled with uncertainty, volatility. Certified financial planner Randy Barkley has been assisting clients for 30 years by helping them understand all the information that to most of us can be overwhelming. Go to retirementunlimited.org or call Randy Barkley for a no-obligation appointment at 888-627-8371. That's 888-627-8371, retirementunlimited.org. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back. I'm your guest host, Chris Marsh. And as I was reading through MarketWatch, what, which I typically do on a daily basis, I came across an article uh, that really caught my attention. And it's something that I think most individuals have thought about, but maybe not paid as much attention to the details. And what I'm referring to here is an article written by Sean Langlos, and it's titled Planning for Retirement. Check out one of the scariest charts in human history. And this article is really talking about the aging population in the United States. And in particular, it's talking about American centurions and a look from 1950 through 2060. And it's discussing how longevity uh, for those of us who are in the United States has continued to grow and over time uh, it's gone from uh, 72,000 at current time up to by 2055 there's going to be close to 500,000 
centurions in the United States. Why is this important? Because we're always searching for ways to be able to, uh, in our practice, ensure that our clients have enough money. And Social Security is not going to do it for everybody. So if you would like a copy of this article and you would like to discuss the ramifications of longevity on your portfolios, please give us a call. My phone number is 951-684-7011 and I'd be happy to talk to you about that. Until next time, thank you for listening. May you grow in wisdom and knowledge. Thank you for listening to Retirement Unlimited with Randy Barkley. For more information about today's show or other questions regarding your retirement planning, call Randy at 951-684-7011. That's 951-684-7011. Remember, retirement planning is a process, not a product. So call Randy at 951-684-7011 or visit his website at retirementunlimited.com. And be sure to tune in next week for another edition of Retirement Unlimited. Proper advice depends on complete analysis of all the facts and circumstances, the information information given on this program is in the nature of general financial comment and cannot be relied upon as pertaining to your specific situation. Listeners should consult their own financial advisor or conduct their own due diligence before making any financial decisions. This is to protect your assets. Randy Barkley is a California life insurance agent. California license number 0518567. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated. Tricord Advisors Inc. is a registered investment advisor.